Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, all while bringing you more of a biblical perspective. Our goal is to dive deeper into conversations that push you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Let's jump into this week's episode. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Young Adult Podcast. My name is Connor Grimm. I am your host. Joining me today, we have Red Rocks Young Adult's very own Zach Atwood. Hello, studio audience. How are you today? Good, good, good. That's actually the recording of the Cheers from the live podcast we did. Oh, wow. It was so electric, we had to tame it down. Um because people were losing their minds. I know. It was crazy. <laughs> it sounds like a, weirdly a crowd of 3,000. Yeah. So we had to cut back. We had to like take all this audio out because uh, it was so deafening. Yes. Um, so when you hear that, that's actually <laughs> our live studio audience that we had when we did our live. That's that's just a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to see how long are you going to milk this? <laughs> but we had a live podcast. We had 75 people show up. Um in a room that can do about 125, which was amazing because even though the weather called for nothing, we got like two and a half feet of snow. Okay, that's a little dramatic. At least, I would say at least like eight inches. Yeah, still no, enough. No, because it snowed all through the night. Oh, well, no, it was not two and a half feet still. Two feet. No. Uh, one foot and 11 <laughs> inches of snow. That's where sure. we're landing. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll just add to the drama. It was actually 18 feet. Everyone was shut in for a week. Yeah, it was pretty. It was quarantine 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we had a crazy snowstorm, which was unanticipated, and we still had 75 people show up. It was so fun. Learned a lot from the experience. Um, more than anything, we just learned that people love coming together and hanging out. And so look forward to some young adult hangouts, happy hours, different things like that in the near yeah. future. And also coming in the fall, look for another live podcast opportunity. Yeah. And they're fun. I mean, it's good donuts, good coffee, good hangs. Yeah. And who knows? We might even have some food trucks, some different stuff. So we learned a lot. Um, we learned... Definitely ways to make it better. But overall, I thought it was an amazing experience. If you came out to it, thank you so much for coming and supporting. We loved having you. And thanks for recording that wonderful sound bit of a crowd audience for us. Thank you for just going crazy. I did not (laughs) expect it. Um, No. So, hey, before we dive in, some interesting things to talk about. Number one, um, and this is super important, I think this this kind of holds a lot of spiritual weight. Uh, Tom Brady came out of retirement. Ugh. He is the goat. Ugh. No, that doesn't deserve that. Yes. Oh, my friends and I were talking about this last night, actually, where it's like, yeah, you, I can respect the game that he like has played, but I can still the, don't like he's him. He's the greatest of all time, and there, literally, if you question it, you don't know football. But I don't like him as a person. <laughs> Why? Because he's too handsome? Because he's too pliable? He has like a whole book on fitness that he like... I guess is all about pliability. <laughs> but hey, he's like what, 43? 44 yeah, playing old. quarterback? I guess I'm just I'm just like okay, great. I respect you. Move on. And now it's just like No, why would oh, you move I'm coming, on? I'm coming back out of it. Why would you move on if you're at the top of your game still? He is still and somebody's probably going to 
all, all of our 10 followers <laughs> are going to fact check me here. Um, I, I want to say he's still a top five quarterback statistically by like all statistics. Now, I could be wrong. I'm not, I'm not one of those people who will question you because I don't know, but somebody will and DM me. That's fine, but also at the same time, remember, like you know how like TV shows, like they have their peak season and then they kind kind of start to go down from there. He hasn't gone down yet. He's but, still well, he technically peaking. has. No, he started to go down. No, he has not gone down. He's okay. getting more handsome, more pliable, <laughs> and is still dominating the NFL. You're just obsessed with his handsomeness. <laughs> hey, if you're telling me you wouldn't. Swap your face with Tom Brady's, you're a liar. <laughs> and that goes I mean, out for 99.9% of all fellas out there. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it, but at the same time, I, I get, I'm just annoyed by the drama of this, of just like, I'm officially announcing my retirement. And then like three weeks later when something else happens, he's like, just kidding, I'm, I'm going to come back and play. I'm here for it. Tom I'm Brady, not. sponsor us. TB12, I think this is like fitness company. Would love to plug you on here. <laughs> Write us a cool $100,000 check, and you have a permanent spot on the Young Adult Podcast. We pliability. Will, yeah, I was going to say, we will talk about pliability <laughs> yes. all day long. Um, in other news, real quick, Russell Wilson is coming to Denver. Which um, is way more fun of a news story than Tom Brady coming out of retirement. Because that means potentially Sierra will be in Denver. No, Sierra will. I, I, why wouldn't they move out here? I'm sure they bought like a like a... Or they're renting like a house or a townhouse or something. <laughs> they're renting a small mansion. Like. I feel like it's really hard to be a famous singer in Denver. Kind of got to be in LA for that. Yeah, but like, well, she's she's not on tour really that often or anything because they have a family. That's true. All I all I think of when I think of Sierra is like my sixth and seventh grade dances of Sierra. <laughs> this beat is automatic. Oh yeah. So, do I think it'll bring Denver a Super Bowl? Um, no, because there's so many more problems with the Broncos than oh. just a quarterback. But I love Russell Wilson. Oh, love yeah. me some Russ. And, I mean, you can't go wrong. Again, he's top five quarterback in the NFL. Maybe he's not a, statistically last year, but he's well, a beast. Last year was a rough year. For, he's a beast. So No, I, I, I'm I very excited for the move, and I do think Broncos, we just throw money at really expensive quarterbacks and hope for the best. So hey, it's worked. It worked Tom once. Brady. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so hey, let's dive into actually what we are planning on talking about. Uh, last Thursday, uh, Manny Arango, um, give it up for Manny Arango. Yeah, crowd. Yeah. Manny's amazing. He is not just like an amazing guest speaker. He's truly a friend of the ministry, um, friend of the podcast. He actually recorded two amazing podcasts that somebody accidentally lost the card that they were saved on. Cough, cough, Milana, cough, cough. <laughs> <laughs> and she so, might edit that out. <laughs> and so two of two of the best podcasts we've ever recorded are sitting on a little USB drive or not USB, a micro SD card somewhere in the metaverse. <laughs> they're, they're, it's floating they're, around out it's there. It's in the cloud yes. somewhere, maybe. But Manny did this amazing talk and and Manny and I, I would say this phrase, we're friends. Like we text, yeah. we DM often. Um he checks up on young adults, checks up on me. Um He's a great dude, genuinely a great guy. Um, but he, we have been talking a lot about our generation's obsession with deconstructing our faith. Um, and he gave this brilliant and amazing message uh, called The Walk Back, Reconstructing Faith. 
And man, if you have not heard that, go to our YouTube channel, watch that message. It is incredible. It was amazing. And I think it's just the beginning of a conversation that we'll be having for years down the road on this topic of deconstruction, on this topic of reconstruction, and basically how to build a faith that lasts. Yeah. And so, I don't know, maybe a title for this podcast of uh, deconstruction, this is probably going to be one of thousands of conversations yeah. sort of revolving around this topic is, uh, I don't know, building a foundation for your faith or a foundation of faith that'll last, something like that. Yeah. But when we talk about deconstruction, um, that might be a phrase that's just very churchy. I think a lot oh, yeah. of people go through it, but maybe don't have like that title for it. Uh-huh. So when we talk about deconstruction or deconstructing your faith, what are we what are we saying? What are what are we talking about here? It is funny. I was just thinking in my head, it's like the the current generation of church people have like branded it as deconstructionism. Yeah. Uh when it's I think I feel like at its core, it's it's not necessarily and I think this is where it gets like super gray, super muddy, but at least like deconstruction at its core is like exploring, examining what you believe and why you believe it. That's what yeah. I think like the easiest way to to do that is. I think it's seen in a lot of like <clears throat> I think it is seen as like a trendy trendy thing right now within the church too because again I think they've just branded it as so. But I think it is just something that's like yeah, it's questioning, examining and understanding why you believe what you believe and where it came from. Yeah. As simple as that. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's an examining of your faith and I do think there are elements of leaving behind certain things. Yeah. And either adopting new things or just leaving behind like old things that were unnecessary for your faith to begin with. Yeah. Manny had this line and I totally agree in his message that if you're a follower of Jesus and your faith looks the exact same as it did when you were five or 10, you're probably not growing uh-huh. in your faith. Yeah. Um, however, there is kind of this trend when it comes to deconstruction and maybe it's gotten a bad label. Maybe it's a fitting label, um, I've got some friends who have deconstructed and, you know, get all up in their feels when you talk <laughs> about it. Um, but there is this trend that those who go through an intense deconstruction process yeah. of examining their faith, um, it's really sexy in our culture right now. And it and often, not always, often leads to almost a walking away from yeah. your faith. I think even though it's not um, necessarily always a walking away of your faith that the phrase has become an associated associated with if I'm deconstructing I'm normally examining my faith and there's a high chance that I'm going to walk away yeah. from following Jesus altogether yeah. now that's not the core of what this process of examining your faith is but that's yeah. sort of been the mantra that deconstruction has taken on in and of itself oh yeah um so I kind of want to pose the question is or can deconstructing your faith, can examining your faith, um, searching for the what and the why you believe, can that be a good and healthy thing for a follower of Jesus, specifically in this age of maybe college to mid-20s, approaching your 30s? Yeah. Can that be a good or healthy thing? Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, I think it definitely. It, it, well, and again, it's the severity and the level that you begin to reconstruct your faith is where the health kind of lies. Because I think there is an element of <clears throat> healthiness of exploring why do you believe what you believe? Because I think, A, that's going to strengthen your faith ultimately. It's kind of like apologetic thought of like, okay, like how would you defend your faith? Like can you defend your faith? 
can you defend the things that you do? And so I think like deconstruction kind of helps you analyze those elements so you can start to understand why you believe what you believe. But I think what the unhealthiness and where the unhealthiness comes in is that people, and Manny mentioned it, like it's people that aren't willing to reconstruct their faith. And that was like the whole crux of the beginning of his message was like how people are okay with deconstructing, but they're not going back and restructuring what they actually do believe. And I think that's where the unhealthiness comes in because, yeah, I think deconstructionism bolsters your faith. It helps you reestablish a foundation of what you believe, but you have to keep building on top of it. And I think right now in the church, there is this sexy movement of, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna deconstruct what I believe and I'm going to analyze everything that I've ever thought. But then you're not actually building new thoughts on top of it. What you're doing is you're just tearing down your old thoughts or what your old church or what your old family or your old XYZ, old Bible study used to believe, and you're critiquing and you're not actually moving forward. You're not creating anything new on top of it. So I, yeah. think, I, think, I think there's healthy elements, but I think we take it to an unhealthy level because of our lack of follow-up. Yeah, I think that I think deconstruction in some ways can be very positive in the sense of, I, I don't even want to use the phrase deconstruction. Yeah, um, I think an examining of your faith is what every follower of Jesus should be doing daily. Yeah, and now we we look at this as well. I'm examining my faith. I'm holding my faith under question. Um, to make sure that it's true. Yeah. At the end of the day, following Jesus requires faith. I use faith broadly in the sense of the term faith, in the sense of a belief and following of Jesus. But specifically, like, this is what Christians hold at their core, mm-hmm. is that God came down as a human to repair a broken relationship where humanity decided to rebel against what God had called good and true— he gave up his life on a cross, and then a man who was God was physically raised from the dead. Uh-huh. You can spend your entire life, and people have, examining yeah. whether there are actual uh, proofs to this. And there yeah. are. There are, there, are many, oh, yeah. there are many documented historical, physical, scientific proofs that can point you in this direction. But at the end of the day— a faith in Jesus is just that. It requires faith. It requires this grappling and believing with that which cannot fully be comprehended or known. Yeah. Um, and so I do think every Christian in some way should constantly be examining their faith in a broader sense. Yeah. Um, but I think that we take this and we hold our faith to question against other standards that yeah. that never are supposed to be a measurement of faith. Like when I say examine your faith, I'm saying, have you created idols out of things? Have you created mm-hmm. an idol out of a relationship? We should constantly be examining that. Yeah. Have you created an idol out of out of science and, and proof and all of these different things? Like what idols in your life or, yeah. or where is your life not aligning with what God has said in his word? That is a constant examination of our faith that we should be doing. Yeah. But I think it's gone to the point where here is my standard of truth. Yeah. Can the Bible live up to what I believe is true and good? Yes. And ironically, that's the sin we see from the very beginning. <laughs> Literally, like, the knowledge like, tree of knowledge, like good and evil. Yeah, you don't you don't have to go too far in the Bible to see, wow, that line of thinking went very poorly, very oh, quickly. Yeah. Well, even what the serpent says, like I, yeah, that's such a great point of like the serpent aka Satan/says 
like, is that what God really said? And it's like that is like I think a lot of the basis for a lot of people for their reconstruction is because they and their hearts want to believe a different truth and they're not willing to like almost submit themselves to God's truth to a degree. And so therefore they have something in their ear saying like, did God really say that? Like, does God actually want to hold you to that? Does God have that truth for you? And so there's a lot of people who now all of a sudden start basing their, their examining a faith around that one element. And then they, yeah, then the fall 2.0 in their own lives. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, no, that's such a good, such a good thought. Is this glorification of my truth I'm holding oh, yeah. my truth against God's truth and standard. Yeah. And in some ways, that's a good thing to do because the Bible talks about how it's a mirror and how yeah. we we have a truth narrative that we tell ourselves. Yeah. But when we look into God's word and we examine the person of Jesus, we see that unless our truth and our narrative aligns with what God has said in his word, um, it's not true. Yeah. It's not good. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. God defines what is true and what is good. And I think this, the negative side, where the process of examining our faith can go poorly, is when we create a truth that we believe God has to live up to. Yes. When we create standards that now, instead of saying, God, like, how can my life measure to what you call good, true, and holy? Yeah. God, here's what I call good, true, and holy. You've got to live up to that. Yeah. Oh, and it's it, well, and you got to think about it. Like that's so much of society's influence right now. Because I mean, you can see throughout the news, throughout pop culture, throughout anything in society, where it's like, live your truth. Like your truth is your truth, and so that's starting to almost infect your faith walk and your faith journey. To say like, oh yeah, my truth is my truth. So God, are you meeting my truth? God, are you meeting my ways? Which. <clears throat> is so counter to like what is required of faith. Like that's the whole point of faith is to believe in something even when it is confusing, even when it is scary, even when it doesn't make sense. Like that is what faith is. And so that's why I think like deconstructionism is at its core like a healthy thing because yeah, you can start to to push the boundaries of what you believe. But I think when you begin to allow society to speak into you and allow your truth to speak above God's truth is where the unhealthy and the grossness starts to occur. And that's why, yeah, we do see a lot of people walking from their faith because, to your point, God is not meeting the standard of what they believe truth is. Yeah, and there's some wild statistics out there. I don't, I don't want to get it wrong, but there's there is this uh, conference that happens in Nashville, I think every year. It's called Q Conference. Yeah. And John Mark Comer, who was a pastor in Portland who just recently stepped away from his church to do more like discipleship stuff, he was interviewed and— he gave a statistic. I don't want to misquote it, but it's basically that. <laughs> so put an asterisk next. Yes, to this put quote, an asterisk <laughs> next to this. Next to this. Uh, I don't know. Next. Next little segment here. Um, he, but he was basically saying that they they have begun to study this phenomenon of people who are, let's say, deconstructing in a negative way. They're not just examining their faith and growing in their faith. They are holding God accountable to their standard of, mm. of truth and goodness. Um, and what it leads to is a form of Christianity called progressive Christianity. Now, when I say progressive, I don't, I don't mean you voted Democrat. I mean <laughs> that you have left what the church and, and from what we know, people who have followed Jesus as closely 
like literally the followers of Jesus, yeah. like the disciples, um, taught the early churches what we call orthodox Christianity. What, as as from what we can study and perceive, the people who knew Jesus best and followed him closely believed about what he taught and what he thought about the church and yeah. and the Bible, whatever, moving forward. Um, Jesus didn't have the Bible. He had the Old Testament, which is an interesting concept in and of itself because oh. most deconstruction swirls around the Old Testament, which oh. Jesus believed. Um, <laughs> that, that's a side note. This has always been my thought of just like anyone who like questions Old Testament and like why we shouldn't believe this book or like this is so silly, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, if Jesus wanted to say something about the Old Testament while he was here, he could have easily just been like, oh, BT dubs, guys, change this, this, and this. Boom, you're good to go. Yeah. But he never did. Jesus was the filter of the Old Testament. Yeah. He was the cul- culmination of the Old Testament. But isn't it ironic that he quoted the Old Testament <laughs> all the time? All of his teachings, he read from it when he first started his minute. Like, he clearly knew what he was doing and talking about. And so I think if he needed to critique and create anything that humans had had error with in the Old Testament, he would have fixed it. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot. Okay, we are, we're totally going on a we tangent are. that I wanted to save for a little later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, rewind. Okay, don't put an asterisk by that part. Put it by this part. Okay, cool. Um, John Mark Homer was basically saying that there is a, a measurable trajectory, that those who have gone to a form of progressive Christianity, which I will just loosely define because they're – Every human has a story, and every story is different. But let me just define as those who have departed from a stance of orthodox Christianity, what the church has held in belief for thousands and thousands of years. He said it's somewhere within the range of five to ten years that most end up going from progressive Christianity to post-Christianity, to leaving and walking away from their faith. Not all, um, but but a, a large sum, a majority... Yeah. walk away from their faith. And I was actually having a conversation with Ryan Weckenman. Um, and again, you can put an asterisk by this part too. Um, <laughs> we, but love you. we love you, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan. I mean, Ryan's a genius. He has got like a master's of divinity. I, I don't know if he's working on his doctorate. I don't want to put Probably. words in his mouth. Um, but he's studying stuff all the time. And we were actually having this conversation a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying that actually, ironically, most churches that are quote-unquote progressive churches – that don't hold stances that are that are orthodox to Christianity have a lifespan of about ten to fifteen years, and it's oh. and it's because the, uh, he well at least he was saying and Ryan don't don't hate me for if I just butcher <laughs> what you were saying, but we were talking and it was basically when there are no hard definitive lines when there's nothing authoritative in your church or in your faith, the Bible who oh. Jesus was slowly more and more things begin to fall apart and crumble to where you get to a place where you're kind of sitting there in a church and saying, well, what do we actually stand for and believe anyway? Like everything kind of goes because there's no greater authority that we're submitting our lives to. Yeah, And so it's just very interesting Um, when examining your faith or let's say deconstructing your faith goes bad, which again, we said the examination of your faith is a constant and healthy thing that every Christian should do that should drive you to holding the Bible as more authoritative in your life and to wanting to submit your life to Jesus more. Yeah. But when it takes a turn and when you hold God's truth up against your truth and you're asking God to measure up to what you believe, there actually is a lifespan to where most people end up either walking away from their faith yeah. 
or their churches actually end up dissolving. Yeah. And that's terrible. And so we're not talking about this because we're like, yeah, go progressive and end up walking away from Jesus. Ha ha. No, that's heart wrenching. Yeah. We or need, like, or or the reverse of like, never question your faith. Like, never yeah. question what you believe because if you no. do, you're gonna fall apart. No, P- you see all the time. The disciples ask Jesus oh. questions all the time because they didn't understand. Hundred percent. David and his Psalms would go back and forth emotionally every yes. ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, but Manny and I want to plug this. Manny gave an amazing part of his message. Where was it, Zachariah? Zacharias? Yes, when he uh, Zacharias, who the father. I, why do I feel like I'm butchering that name? Zach is something. Zacharias. No. No, Zachariah. Okay, something it was like Zachariah, but like a Z E C H, I think, right? Maybe, guys. I'm coming off a cold, so <laughs> please, please forgive my butchering of of the Bible here. Um, but it was the father of John the Baptist. Uh, he questioned God mm-hmm. about having a baby at a very old age. Yeah, and Mary asked God a question about something that he promised her. So the father of John the Baptist questioned what God said he was going to do. He held God accountable into question. Mm -hmm. Job did the same thing. Didn't go too well for Job either. (laughs) Mary took a promise of God, took took the word of God at the time, and asked God a question about how it would come to pass. And I think there's a huge difference here about questioning God and holding God in question Yes. And then asking God questions about what he has said is good and true. The disciples ask questions, but they never question the heart and the intent. They never held Jesus yeah. to what their standard of what good and true yes. is. It's, all, it's like you, you're asking for clarity and construction versus, yeah, questioning everything, which is a completely pull, like, different thing. And it's funny how you say, like, uh, just going back to that five to ten year thought, it's like there's a Bible or there's a story in the Bible in <laughs> like Matthew 7, uh, 24 through 27, build your house on the rock. Like yeah. building your building yourself on solid foundations keeps you longer term than five to 10 years. And that's just, it. <laughs> it's just funny to hear that like there's actual statistics that prove it. And then also, yeah, it's because the journey that you take, is it a questioning of God in his character, in his truth, or is it a questioning of clarity? Like why or how, or can you just better explain to me, like answer me in this regard? And I think God God does honor those things. God wants Absolutely. to engage with you. Like that's the whole point is like God wants to engage and walk you through those seasons of life. But God invites us to wrestle. Yes. Yeah. yeah it, it's in the story of Jacob. Yeah. So, yeah. Like there's all of these stories biblically shown time and time again of questioning, of confusion, but clarity comes when God provides wisdom. Yeah. And so, but I think, yeah, this, where the deconstruction movement currently in the church shifts and changes is that, again, there's no desire, or maybe not desire is the right word, but there's no effort to rebuild. It's more so effort to just blow apart and then protect, like try and figure out how to put the pieces back together. I have this weird thought in my head of like how deconstructionism feels to me. And I feel like a lot of times deconstruction movement, the progressive movement, this thought right now of not building on a solid foundation is like somebody who has a plot of land, there's an old home on it. And instead of renovating it like room by room, 
Like instead of going one like one area of your faith and like examining it and redesigning it and refocusing it and like still keeping the foundation, keeping the structure, you just go in and blow it all up, <laughs> blow yeah. up the building. And then it's so daunting to put it back together. You don't even know what your faith looks like. So I think like that's that's to me like what deconstruction feels like. And I think that's why there's so many people walking away and there's so many people who are questioning not for the sake of growth, but for the sake of just questioning God to their own truth and their own standards that they have. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. I think that's a good picture to hold. Um, we have, we've got about five to six more minutes left. I want to ask two different questions. Um, before we wrap this up and again, if you're listening, this is not, you know, the end all be all to our future discussion on this topic. (laughs) And, if maybe you're in a process of questioning your faith and wrestling, this is not a podcast to maybe isolate or ostracize you in any way. Like we said, the yeah. examination of a faith, of your faith is a good and healthy process that every Christian does walk through, has walked through. And yeah. if you haven't walked through that in moments, if you haven't asked God questions and asked for clarity, you might need to think deeper. Yeah. Um, but I do think, and this is just in my personal um this is just in my personal experience. This is not a blanket statement for anybody who has deconstructed and walked away from their faith. I, I'm thinking of three specific people very close in my life who who this kind of applies to. Um, people who have been followers of Jesus, who have walked through an examination process, and have walked away from the faith. Wow. And all three of these people have kind of fallen in this category. And again, this is generalization. This is not broad sweeping to anybody in this process. But at the heart of deconstruction in a negative way, what I have seen are these three things sort of reign true. And I would say maybe at least two out of the three of these. There is always some sort of church baggage or trauma with a Bible or with a church or with a pastor. There is if I can just be blunt, biblical illiteracy. Uh Um, A lot of people don't actually read their Bibles, but go on TikTok and hear somebody talk about an obscure verse. They have no context or no familiarity with it, and it begins to unravel their faith. Uh And then, and this is a very cultural thing right now, um, but in all of these people that I'm thinking of, this sort of reigns true. There's a very high humanistic an almost karmatic, like karma-driven view of life. Yeah. That if we as humans can just be good, whatever good means, mm. and I've asked all of them this question, what is good? And I haven't gotten a succinct answer yeah. yet, except the Bible defines what is good. <laughs> um, and I don't mean that as like a jab. I'm saying like there are yeah. there are views with succinct oh, answers totally. and there's not. And all of these people have this humanistic ideal that if we as humans can rally together and be good, then we don't really have a need for the Bible. Yeah. We don't really have a need for authority, and we don't really have a need for for God, yeah. honestly. And that's sort of been their reasoning for walking away is like, hey, like, I think the Bible has good values. I think the Bible has good principles, good things to think about. But I honestly just believe that if we as humans can be good yeah. and love, we have no need for this. Yeah. And I don't mean this snarkingly or belittling, But I think throughout history, we've seen these things play out over and over and over again, specifically to this ideal humanistic viewpoint. Look what's happening in Europe right now. Mm. Like if if Vladimir Putin could just be good, he wouldn't be 
invading Ukraine, but he's doing what he thinks. I was going to say the ironic thing good. is, is that he actually believes what he's doing is good. It's good for his country. It's good for his people. It's good for himself. It's good for what he believes is good. Yeah. And so and when there is no like set foundation of good, quote unquote, then yeah, then and especially if you say anyone can live their own truth, whatever version of good is, that's just immediately going to counter whatever your version is. And so there will never be a foundation. There will never be a standard. And there will be nothing that, like, humans won't rally together because yeah. everyone just has a different version of good. Yeah, I mean, call it sin. Call it whatever you want. I choose to call it sin. I think you can look back over history yeah. and see that when humanity is left to its own devices, we don't lean towards universal good. Mm. There's always those who seize power uh-huh. and and use it for for building. I mean, again, this goes back to Genesis, the 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 city of Babylon, the building of the Tower of Babel. Yeah. It's used for a self glorification that yeah. comes at the cost of others. Yes. And so, real quick, I mean, I know this is broad sweeping generalities here. Yeah. This is like the intro to a much longer, combo. much deeper conversation. But would you agree or disagree? And feel free to disagree. This is not like, hey, you know, this is the Young Adult Podcast. I'm the host. Agree with everything I'm saying. <laughs> no, I'd fight you if I need to. Yeah, but but I've seen personally in my relationships mm-hmm. trauma with the church, a lack of understanding on honestly the point of the Bible as a whole and then specifics of the Bible, and then an ideal humanistic viewpoint in life. Yeah sort of be the three main threads, the heartbeats behind people when they examine their faith who end up walking away or going post-Christian and the, or uh, progressive Christian and then post-Christian. Yeah. Um, would you agree, disagree? Oh, I would definitely agree with all three of those things. Um, I think there is a huge part that, I mean, church hurt is real, and I think that that's something that like I can't deny. And again, your story is your story, and I get it. Um, but the church is imperfect it's run by imperfect people and that's the hardest thing i think for our 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 christian culture to grasp um is because when that happens we all of a sudden take it as an affront to god like why would you how could this all that stuff and of course like his heart breaks for those hurts his heart is devastated the fact that you were hurt by a pastor or by a church or by a group within your church like that stuff is real um but I think God wants to heal those things, and I think rather than us bringing it to God for healing, what ends up happening is we just close the wound and walk away, and we never actually receive the healing that could actually be so beneficial and helpful. Um, but I do think that's one component. I do think, especially when it comes to biblical illiteracy, is one of the biggest things. One thing that I I feel very called out in for the next like couple years of my life, it's definitely like my at least <laughs> going back to the podcast where we talk about life plans. Um, definitely my one year plan for now is I want to become super scholared in the Old Testament. Um, and that's because of what we talked about earlier of like, if Jesus based, if Jesus knew the Old Testament in and out, which he did, and he based so much of his teaching on that, then I need to be so literate in that. I need to understand what he's saying. I need to understand where he's coming from. I need to understand the context that he learned this in. And I think as the deconstruction movement happens, there's, again, not a healthy analyzing of the Old Testament. It's a disdain for it doesn't match my truth right now. And so, therefore, I'm not going to become biblically biblically literate or I'm going to start taking bits and pieces that I I want and I'm going to say this is what I believe and these are the five things that I'm going to base it around. 
And it can go both ways, don't get me wrong, like progressive or uber conservative Christianity where you take things out of context and you decide that this is what you're going to believe. But the progressive Christianity side begins to take what you want as your self-truth. And then again, that stat proves it five to 10 years later down the road, things will change. So I think biblically, biblical literacy is one of the biggest components that I've been like even hung up on myself to like, honestly, like if you're, if you are a Christian and maybe you're not going through a season of questioning, then use this season of not questioning or the season of not examining your faith to the nth degree to bolster up your education in the Bible. Use it to do that because there will come a season where, yeah, maybe you are questioning like certain elements of your faith and you're questioning why you believe what you believe. There'll be many seasons. Oh yeah. And if you can actually have a strong foundation, again, Matthew 7, 24, build it on a rock, then you will actually have a healthy viewpoint going into, you'll be able to reconstruct essentially. Um, And then of course, yeah, the cultural thing. Um, We talked about it earlier too, but like, gosh, culture plays such a big role. And if culture is constantly bombarding you with your truth is your truth, your truth, whatever you believe is what you believe. And if everyone can get along and be happy, like there is an idealistic picture that's painted by those people. And you can think about how great that is. And everyone can show you almost like it's like the Instagram version of (laughs) live out your truth. Like, yeah, everyone can see that and be like, like in society, we'll paint that picture to be like, you don't need religion because you don't you don't need the church because you can live out your own life and your own truth, your own way. You don't see the dark side of those people's lives. You don't see the dark side of that even thought process mindset of how if everyone lives their truth and there's going to be discord, there's going to be distrust, there's going to be war, there's going to be violence. But like we'll just ignore it for the sake and of history, feeling good. And history has proven this. Oh, hundred. These aren't. This isn't <laughs> theories. The 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 theory is if all humans can be good, we don't need God or Jesus. Mm-hmm. That is a theory. That is a yeah. working theory that has yet to prove itself out. Yeah. So what we're talking about is not theory. It is history. It is, yeah. it is, is provable. It is measurable. Yeah, it is it's, examinable. And it's people wanting to turn a – yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a word. <laughs> if not, it is now. Um, yeah, it's people who want to – yeah, again, just all analyze where they're at, where they're at, and they're not willing to look at the past even, which is ironic because you would think, like, we should learn from our past. We should learn from the history. And I think we would see that, but we're just, you know, every generation is just self-obsessed. <laughs> they think their way is right. They're going to analyze their ways, and they're going to think that they're the best. I think just right now in our society, like millennials, Gen Zs, and the reason why they've gotten so much flack over the years of like being the most selfish generation. No, it's not. Like they're self. Like they're not saying their truth is their truth, and their truth is the only truth. We just have social media to say that out loud to everybody. Every generation has gone through this, but why can't we learn from it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I I don't want to just end kind of like ripping and shredding, <laughs> like deconstruct. <laughs> I mean, because here's the yeah. thing. It's very real, yes. and it's a very um, serious and very emotional process to walk through. And mm-hmm. like I said, those three things that I laid out, trauma, biblical illiteracy, uh, high humanistic value or or perspective of life those were those are generic instances or sorry those are not generic those are specific instances that i've seen yeah. when it comes to three very close people in my life who have chosen to walk away from their faith three three uh just sort of reoccurring narratives yeah i'm not saying that if you're in a process of deconstructing and you're questioning your faith and you're wondering if you will come out of this on the other side it's because you fall into one of these categories but what I am saying is um, I want to end with this is that there is hope. There is Jesus is good. The Bible is true. 
and it is trustworthy. And if you are in a season of life where you are wrestling, the Bible was written to be wrestled with. Yeah. A, a, a lot of people, I remember listening to uh, Tim Mackey, who is from the Bible Project. I know I talk about it all the time, but I highly recommend it. Oh. If you're wrestling with the Bible right now, go there. Oh. Um, listen, the- listen to their podcasts. Listen to their videos. They even have master-level classes on oh. understanding the Bible for free online. Yeah. And even right now, just a side plug, like they're, they started this at the beginning of the year where they're going through the Old Testament like chapter by chapter with everybody. So you can, if you are questioning... Like the Old Testament to any degree, if you're questioning the teaching of Jesus to any degree, like these guys are walking through it, going lesson after lesson, exploring every word, every theme, everything. I think it'll give you a lot of clarity if that's what you're walking through. Yeah, there are amazing resources out there. And so what I don't want you to hear us say from this podcast is that you're if you're asking questions, you don't have faith and you're not a Christian. Not at all. Tim Mackey once said in a, in a message that I listened to him, listened to him even the structure of the Bible, the words used and the way that sentences and paragraphs are outlined is an invitation to wrestle and ask questions. The Bible is a book that is written to be wrestled with for a lifetime, to grow. Jewish scholars say that every word of the Bible has 777 different layers. So if you're not asking questions, if you're not wrestling, you're not taking the Bible for what it's worth, kind of. But there is a healthy wrestle and an unhealthy wrestle. Uh-huh. And for those of you that are wrestling and maybe you feel like it's leaning towards unhealth, there's hope. And I just kind of want to give you maybe a framework for how to wrestle well. Real quick, yeah. as we end this, I want to say wrestle in community. Yes. Find a faithful church. Find a faithful group who love Jesus and follow yeah. Jesus. And are going to not only be there when you're asking the hard questions, but point you back to a faithfulness in God. Because let me tell you, there are people that are hurt, that are wounded, that are frustrated, that don't believe. Uh And will love to get in your ear and rip you away from following after Jesus. Don't wrestle alone. The enemy works the best in isolation. Go to trusted people in your life. Go to your pastors. Reach out to me. Reach out to young adults. Yeah. Um, come to us with questions. Questions aren't bad. Oh, yeah. Questions aren't a sign of lack of faith or unbelief. Questions are questions when we're wrestling and we want to know God better. Yeah. But there's a way to wrestle. And mm-hmm. I think the first and the and that one of the healthiest is to wrestle within a, a God fearing. And I'm gonna do a whole series in the fall on the fear of God. I'm going to buy the clothes. I'm not even kidding. Um, <laughs> amen, amen. But no, I think I think a fear of God is a huge thing uh, as part of this process yeah. too. But anyway, that, I don't want to get side tangent here. <laughs> if you are deconstructing your faith, if you're examining your faith and asking hard questions and you feel like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to walk out of this on the other side, the first thing I want to ask you to do is wrestle in community. Wrestle with people that are going to pray for you. Wrestle with people that are going to stay up till 2 a.m. talking with you, yeah. praying with you, pointing you back to the goodness and the faithfulness of Jesus. Because that that's the invitation of the Bible anyway. Yeah. That, that's the followers of Jesus. Jesus had 12 people with him. To, yeah. to, they wrestled together. Like literally there's, seri- there's parts of the Bible where it's like Jesus heard them murmuring questions about what he just talks. They didn't understand. Yeah. Like they wrestled together mm-hmm. as they followed Jesus. And that is the model 
that the church has set for us and that even the disciples of Jesus have set for us. Well, I think the other thing, too, with like the lies the enemy will be like, if you're with community and you're questioning your faith and they're not questioning their faith or areas of their faith, that that's wrong for you to bring up. But like, here's the thing, too, is like those people will have the strength for faith for you in seasons where you are having an examination, where you are quote unquote, deconstructing. But then when you are with a group of people who walk you through that journey, who pray for you, who are speaking wisdom over you, who are like going through the Bible with you in their seasons of questioning and there, because again, this is something that's like, you will have seasons of questioning elements of your faith of why you believe what you believe. And if you have a community around you that can support you in your season of questioning, you're going to have the ability to go support them when they have a season, like a season of questioning. Absolutely. And so you have to start diving into that community and really be vulnerable in that. And I think there will be health found. I think the enemy will try and tell you, like, hey, you if you if you're questioning, you can't bring that up to other people. They don't want to hear that. Like then they'll just feel like you're not a Christian. And like don't don't believe that first and foremost. But yeah, be ready because. Your season of questioning now will be something that you can use to bolster somebody else's faith in that same community later. Yeah. So community, uh, yes. Absolutely. Community. Um, I would say this too. Like, learn your Bible. Before you pick your Bible apart, learn it. Yeah. There are so many people on TikTok and Instagram that love to eisegete scripture and talk mm-hmm. about it wildly out of context. Listen, the Bible is a hard book to understand. Yeah. It's so layered because in some ways you can open your Bible and get life and encouragement in one passage. And then the next passage, you're like, what is going <laughs> on here? Listen, the Bible is complex because it desires a lifetime of dedication. Yes. And listen, we're not saved because of the Bible. We're not saved what the Bible didn't save us. The yeah. Bible is recorded stories of God's redemptive history leading to Jesus and then the results of life because of what Jesus has done. However, God has chosen to record his redemptive story through flawed humans um, to share about the good news of Jesus. And so we don't worship the Bible, but we do study it. That's where we draw yeah. our Christian morality from. That's where we learn about Jesus. That's where yeah. we we hear the stories of people that literally walked with him. Yeah. And so if you've got questions about the Bible, study them. Again, do it in community. Ask questions. Find amazing resources like the Bible Project. Reach out to your local pastors. Have these conversations. You are not alone. Yeah. And your questions are not a sign of lack of faith. Yeah. It can actually be a sign that you're trying to take your faith more seriously and follow Jesus with more passion and more authenticity of your full self. And so just because you're asking questions, I don't want you to think, oh my gosh, I don't have faith. could be just the opposite. Maybe God's calling you to grow in your faith, but there there are ways to wrestle well and there are ways to wrestle poorly. And so if you've experienced church trauma, I'm sorry. As a pastor— I'm well aware of my brokenness, and I know that I will be the cause of some people's trauma, and I'll have to give an account for that. Yeah. Um, but pastors are human, yeah. and they can hurt and they can help heal, but we are just human. We're not God. Learn learn about your Bible. And, I, yeah, I don't Get know. Get in community. Yeah. Get in community, yeah. And walk, walk through that journey with people, yeah. Because, again, you got to build your faith. Like, this is something that you— 
you can't just deconstruct. You you can't just blow up the house. <laughs> you will you gotta, you you gotta will rebuild something. Yeah. And it'll either be a richer, more authentic, closer relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Or it tends, at least in my experience, to be a humanistic view of this world that yeah. we can do this and we don't need God. Yeah. And I just think that history and life has proven opposite yeah. of that viewpoint. And so we have gone long. Um, man, consider this discussion one of 10,000 on this topic. Because <laughs> of it's infinity. Very, yeah, because it's very real. It and is. so I want to pray for anybody that's walking through this kind of season of life, and then we'll close up. Um, Father God, what an opportunity it is to talk about this topic. I know that there are so many feelings and emotions um, wrapped up in this. There's hurt and there's trauma. There's deep questions, um, questions that might be birthed out of bitterness and questions that might be birthed out of a true, authentic desire to know you more. Um, God, you are, you've never feared our questions. You always invite us to openly wrestle with you. Um, and I believe that you are good and that you are true and that your invitation for our questioning even leads us to a greater depth of understanding and love about who you are. And so I pray that anybody who's listening to this podcast that might be examining their faith and asking the hard questions of their faith, would you lead them to Jesus? Would you, would you have them hold Jesus and your word as the standard of truth, that we don't measure you against what we perceive as our truth, but our truth always is measured against what you have said is good and true. And so, God, I pray right now for anybody wrestling in this season, would you bring them clarity? Would you invite them into the depths of the knowledge of your wisdom and the kindness of your love? Would you show them that questions aren't a sign of lack of faith, but potentially a growing deeper in their faith? And God, would you just take them by the hand and walk with them, lead them to faithful community um, and walk with them through this entire process so that when they come out the other side, they know Jesus better and they can say truly and fully that I believe that Jesus is God, that his word is true and that he raised, he was risen from the dead for my sin as a picture to bring me new life, not, not as a picture, literally raised, raised from the dead. And so... Jesus, we love you. I just deeply ask that your presence be with anybody going through this process and that you would guide them with love. It's in your name we pray, and everybody said amen. 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 Sorry, I just, I really kind of went for it on that prayer, but it's serious. It's it's what a lot of people are going through. So, hey, thank you so much for listening to the Young Adult Podcast. Um, Be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to. If you're listening on Apple uh, Podcasts, right that's what it's called that's what it's called um subscribe leave us a review um it really helps if you're on spotify i believe you can you can like you can put stars yeah next to them but you you can't really like write a review i don't think um but leave us a five-star review if anything less don't review us no i'm totally (laughs) i'm totally kidding kind of kidding but not yeah but hey like it helps us out it helps us get more uh out there um and become more recommended for for different people and if this is a conversation that maybe you and your friends are having or if this podcast would help somebody potentially that is maybe walking through this process be sure to give it a share um our goal with this podcast is to just provide you conversation pieces to to spur on your faith and encourage you to follow jesus more um, for all things young adults, you can follow us where, Zach, on Instagram? At RedRocksYA. At RedRocksYA. You can also go to RedRocksYA.org, right? Or com. Or com. We got com now? Yeah, we've always had com. Well, we're, yeah. We're Red Rocks, RedRocksYA.com. 
We're calm, baby. Yeah, we is. We are dot calmed. <laughs> Let's go. Um, to follow Zach on Instagram. Yeah, don't. Where do you go? <laughs> well, no. Yes. At, at Zach Atwood. There you go, baby. You at go. Zach Atwood. Although I have it private, so <laughs> I'll have to accept it to find you. So. <laughs> Sorry. No, but hey, thank you guys for listening. If you're in the Denver metro area, come to Young Adults on Thursday nights. Thursday, 7 o'clock, 5810 West Alameda. Every single Thursday, unless we post on the gram otherwise. But we, I think we only miss like four Thursdays out of the year or something yeah. like that. So good chance we'll be there. Hey, we love you guys. We'll see you again either next week or the week after. We're kind of bouncing around every other week or every week. So, we'll see you sometime. Yeah, we're also young adults too. So don't hold us to any commitments. No. <laughs> we love you guys. See you soon. Peace out. <laughs>